Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. As Hyman Mandel once said, never let the fact that they are doing it wrong stop you from doing it right. Who is Hyman Mandel? I don't know. I read that on the men's room wall at the New York Athletic Club. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C. As always, I am joined live in the studio by the master of production engineering who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth, a force of sound on the waves of air so great that it defies logic as to how it could emanate from just a single man. But it does, which is why I refer to my compadre as Alas Churches. Gramps Master Flash. Yeah, baby. Oh, and we're going to have, we have stellar evidence of that like, coming up later on today. Of course, every Groovathon is firmly rooted in an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world, y'all. How you doing, Calo mine? I feel good. Feeling great. You know, we got we got weather today. It's it's a, it's a, well. Even I'll take bad Florida weather over other people's weather. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Always it's raining, yeah. storming, and we might lose the powers. So. We're we're almost back onto what could charitably referred to as a schedule. I, I'm so glad so that people don't have to uh, you know forget everything that we said in between sessions. <laughs> well, I can tell you, some people managed to uh, tune in last time and swipe some of our stuff. We'll get to that later, but. I am going to change the world right now. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. You teased that earlier. I did. Okay. Every time you see a hat or that says MAGA on it, or hear somebody screaming about MAGA, here's what you say to yourself. Yeah, man. Make America groovy again. Yeah. That's too bad tr- they took that color. I, there really, it is. I like red. Trust me. When you make something groovy, greatness is assured. And I, I was thinking to myself, now, what what the Democrats should do is they should they should have MAGA, uh, uh, M-A-G-A-A, make America great again, again. Uh, all right. <laughs> Greater again. No. Greater again, again. You know, so much goes on. We got to get right to it. I mean, we have got a lot to get to today, some of which, you know, just comes up out of nowhere. Yeah. And yet is totally expected. Let me see, what do we got? Kitty rapist Jeff Epstein attempts option A as a get-out-of-jail-and-set-yourself-free card, but he still hasn't officially covered the spread for the under. Robert Mueller uses the Stanislavski acting method during a brilliant seven-hour performance of his one-man play, Paint Drying, 
and provides concrete proof of Billy Crystal rule that it's better to look good than it is to feel good and way better than it is to be good. Florida lawmakers continue to lead the way in looking the other way as industry super PACs once again try the old deceptive marketing bait and switch blitz. Oh, I was talking about this earlier. Bill Moore's back after his summer vacation. And once again, he has asked us if uh, he could put our royalty commissions on the cuffs because he's tapped out after spending all of July smoking away his profits. <laughs> you know, it's lucky for him. It was his guest uh, on this latest show who apparently have been uh, covertly perusing my Facebook page as of late. So he's still only on the hook for, I don't know what, the last four years. <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll just put all that on his tab. Uh, let me see. Uh, well, with that claim floating in the air, I will reveal my strategy to ensure that there's a Democrat in the Oval Office in 2021 and perhaps in perpetuity. Yeah, that's well, right, homeboy. Plus, Flip Wilson and Red Fox implore you to dig deep into your heart, and I will explain why President Trump isn't a real racist. He just plays one on TV. Nice. Huh? Of course, all of that is going to be engulfed in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air, including a Gramps Master Flash mix at the end of the second set that the superstar DJs who flock to Ibiza every year only wish they could come up with. Okay, dream on. Right? Super was a superstar DJ Kiyoki, I believe. You remember him? You know? I, 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 that was... Um, what was the label? The label Moonshine Records. I, um, I have a Kiyoki story. It's like the only... Really, really famous DJ I ever met. You know, and I, I got. Did you meet uh, Baby Ann? Well, I, met, I met Baby Ann, but I didn't. I that didn't have an, an experience with Baby Ann, other than she got tired of us being in the booth and kicked us out eventually. <laughs> I like her stuff. She's man. great. She's got some She's, great. She beats, is good. You know? I skate. I skate to her music. Yeah, I've got a bunch of her uh, breakbeat stuff. We're gonna get on though. It is just past two o'clock, and the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida, that is. <laughs> that means it's just past 8 a.m. in Hawaii. Aloha to the Kahu crew at AB3 over in Hawaii. Yo, brah, thanks for the coffee. Just past 7 at night in Dublin, Lisbon, St. Anne, Lisbon, the rest of Western Europe. Just past 9 p.m. in Istanbul, where RCG is repping the groove for passengers on the Midnight Express. And it is just past 1 a.m. tomorrow, August the 7th, in Vietnam, where my friend Ozzy Adam. I like doing it. You like my Ozzy Adam. He is spending a few days hanging out with his sister, um, you know, when he's not, when his ass isn't stuck to a bar stool, sucking down, uh, what is it, frosty 16-ounce steins of Curse's Insane IPA at the Heart of Darkness Brewery in Saigon, which I'm sure he is now, you know, he's, he's probably got his own membership card at this point. Yo, Gramps, you ready to let your spurs do something more than ready just to jingle, rock. jangle, jingle? Oh, how did you know they did that? Yes, saddle up, y'all. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
friends is we've come to that time of the year when I must leave town for a while. Yes, yes. yes. It's time for what we call my annual pilgrimage to that great and wonderful city, our Mecca, Detroit. Yes. Yes, I'm going to Detroit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now I should be gone for two weeks. The last 12 days of which will be spent in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. Yes. Can I get an amen for Las Vegas? Amen for Las Vegas. I can tell y'all business. Yes. Now, many of you may ask, why is Reverend Leroy going to Las Vegas? Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably asking each other. Yes. Probably nobody out there got the nerve to walk up to me and ask, why am I going? No, no, no. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Yes. Yes. I want you to know. Yes. I'm going to Las Vegas because there's sin there. Yes. That's right. There's sin in Las Vegas. Yes. And I'm going to put a stop to it. Yes. If I can't stop it, at least I'm going to slow it down. Yes. runs rampant in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I don't care how fast it runs, I'm going to keep up with it. I'm going to keep up with it. I'm wearing my tennis shoes. Yeah. Yeah. 
can't have good meat. Mm. And let me tell you what else I've done. Mm. I've gone to the extent of reserving a room on the 14th floor mm. of the biggest hotel in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that room is to meditate in. Yes. Yes. That's what we're going to be doing in the room, meditate. Yes. Yes. Now, they know why? Because, friends, there are many fallen women in Las Vegas. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pick them up. Yeah! <laughs> on their feet. Yes. I'm going to tell those feet to climb. 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 climb on up. Climb on up. To the 14th floor. Yes. Where we will meditate together. Yes. Now, friends, I don't want you all to think that for the two weeks I'll be gone, mm-hmm. that I would leave you in the lurch at the church. No, no, no. no, no. Let me tell you what I've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have obtained the services mm-hmm. of one of the finest guest preachers it is my privilege to know. Yes. yes. A man who was so concerned with the word that he got himself arrested so he could spread the word in jail. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. In fact, the night they were planning the big prison break, it was he who spread the word. Yes. 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 Now, at this time, it gives me great pleasure. Mm-hmm. To introduce your new main man for the next two weeks, mm-hmm. my very dear friend and colleague, yes. Reverend Pussyfoot Johnson. Very glad to see you. You too, Reverend. Thank you. And thank you, Reverend Leroy. And thank you, brother and deacon. They like yeah. you. They like you. I would like to discuss a matter with you, though, that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, uh, certainly. Well, what is it, brother? Uh, right, uh, excuse me a second, y'all. Yeah. What is it? My salary. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, uh, see, your salary should be derived from the generous contributions of my congregation. Yes, sir. Well, I heard about this congregation when you started this church. You said the poor were welcome, and I hear they've been showing up. <laughs> well, uh, I'll get to work on it, okay? All right. Uh, friends, it appears that on the road to truth and in honesty, we've encountered a detour. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a roadblock here. Yes. It's a roadblock. Yes. It's a financial roadblock. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, my friend, Reverend Pussyfoot, has accused y'all of not being generous. Mm-hmm. 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 He said, y'all, fast on the lip and tight on the hip. No. No. He said, that ain't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Now, to help pay the cost of our guest preacher mm-hmm. and to defray part of the cost of my impending trip, the deacons will now pass among you with the collection plate. Yes, yes. You're going on out there. Lock the door. Don't nobody leave. Now, at this friend, at this time, friends, I want to ask you to dig deep into your heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dig deep into deep. your heart. Yes. Deep. Go on down, down into your heart. Down. Down. Deep. Deep. And deeper still into your walk. Get you. 
Now you can picture, scratch me, then boom, shock attack me. Exactly. We got the charge for your battery. Whether you be bowlegged or knock me, we will make your tick tock non stop satisfactory. Vibes then delivered kinda happily. Hamburg don't hack me. From your iPhone to your Blackberry. Funky like a train you can't talk with. Total like a musical version of a banana daiquiri. We pressure them different than the rest of them. Turn up with the best of them. Got the dance floor them fresh again. Ladies and plenty men. Everybody's welcome in. As long as you got love in your heart, there'll be no questioning. Ah, yeah, ha. Drop it and scratch your make ya. Drop it and scratch your make ya. And bring flavor like it's butterscotch We're always coming first We never did a coming last My clothes are fury only means that I'm the bigger boss And I'm in the class That's your castle pass I hear your gasp as I say that I don't give a rust Same and the glamour shiny tears never be my class Just nice enough dance with the low middle of upper class Me the in and the entourage Don't try and sabotage Me just a bubble up, bubble up like champagne in a glass So me ready cause I bring that heat up up in that this tenement yard The way me big up my brother, me massive and jump in the ever so large and Drop it just got your make up 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 Yeah, it just got your make up Drop it just got your make up
about that, huh? I swear, you know, there it is. Stay with me. That is Def Leppard doing the uh, classic Faces tune right there. It's from the uh, album they came out with called Yeah in 2006. And it, the entire album is covers. And that one jumped right out at me. Uh, shout out to Roger Hitz for turning me on to this. I, you know, I'm not that big a Def Leppard fan. But I, you know, Roger turned me on to this particular song, and I listened to the rest. There's like three or four tracks on on this particular album that are fantastic, and I never thought that I would hear a version of this song that measured up to, you know, Rod Rod Stewart and Ron Wood and the rest of those guys. But that's, you know, that's a dynamite little track, man. They, they really do it well. Before that... Pitch and Scratch featuring Shawnee T. Pitch Me and Scratch Me from Together in 2012. Was it uh, from your was it from your BlackBerry to your iPhone? All that stuff is great. Before that, Wild Bell doing Mockingbird from Everybody One of a Kind came out earlier this year. It's their uh, third album. It's a brother and sister. These guys are uh, from Chicago. It's uh, I wrote it down here. Elliot and Natalie Bergman from Chicago, and it's some pretty cool stuff. These guys have some. Uh, some neat music out. I played some other stuff by them a couple of years ago. Before that, classic stuff. Bobby Bird, I need help. I can't do it alone. So 45, he came out with the 1970. This is right about the same time that he rejoined uh, James Brown's band and basically had to go to Cincinnati and get uh, Bootsy and Catfish and their whole band because James Brown's band quit. And so he, you know... Bootsy and those guys, they were doing like uh, uh, James Brown sets and stuff like that. And he had heard about him. Bobby Burr went out there, got him, and they ended up playing that night. Before that, this guy, so underappreciated, Flip Wilson, the church of what's happening now. And, of course, uh, Reverend Pussyfoot Johnson, played by the great Red Fox, whom... We, you know, yeah. we, we bow Can't down. love enough. Yeah, we, we bow down to this guy. Before that, Dance Brenda and the Tabulations, The Wash from Dry Rise, 1967. That is the B-side of their 45. It came out, those cats from uh, Philadelphia. And kicking off the set, Jane's Addiction, Wrong Girl from Strays, 2003. That was their third album. It was interesting. They, uh, I guess they, they came out with two albums. The first two albums they came out with were like you know, a year or two apart, and then there was a 13-year gap in between their second and third album. Navarro's shredding on that is just awesome. Love that. I'm a big Jane's Addiction fan for some reason. So, what caught my eye lately? Well, the, the first thing I realized, you know, because we were on a bit of a hiatus, I had, I had literally forgotten how much shit can happen. In two yeah, weeks. moves fast. Yeah, man. And before you know, before this weekend, I'd already pretty much decided on the stuff I wanted to talk about on the show. You know, I had, you know, I had all right. the things written down, and then basically, to no one's surprise, there was another mass shooting, and then another mass shooting. So by Sunday morning, you know mm-hmm. the uh, the trident of uh, cable news right. channels, they were, you know. Balls to the wall in stabbing mode, like you know Shiva, the god of death, and uh, one of the things that you know it reminded me of is right after the Parkland shootings down here, I wrote a uh, a piece called "Why We Can't Have Nice Things Except Guns," 
And at this point, every time something like El Paso or uh, Dayton, Ohio happens, I just repost it. Um, and I do so with the recurring caveat that I hope I will never feel the need to do so again, even as I know that I will. And in that piece, I mentioned your trademark hashtag, arm yourself, hippie. Yeah. So I know still, that, still. And I wasn't really going, you know, that was, I was going to kind of scurry past. I, ha- I have more. Go. On, on that. Because I know and- you're, you're. This is liberal, these are these are very ser- serious times, right? I mean, that, that's the short version. I, yeah. uh, I, I prefer to uh, not label myself, or uh, uh, I'm, I'm complex, or I endeavor to be a pragmatist, there you especially go. on this issue. And uh, and furthermore, I'm I'm still waiting for the party that likes the entire Constitution. Oh not, yeah, they're, not, they're all buffet Constitution. Not all. Uh, uh, we like this except for that. And, yeah, they're and like again, buffet Bibleists. Same thing. With a, with apologies, the Second Amendment does mean exactly what the lunatics say that it means because the people that wrote it were were. They, they they were like rape victims. They were very, very angry. They had to fight a revolution. They had to overthrow an oppressive government with their guns. And and they thought that they were going to have to do it again, like really soon, actually. So they really envisioned being more powerful than the, the army. They really, that's, that's what they envisioned. But it doesn't matter whether you agree with that or not. The people that you're trying to disarm, they... They believe that, and they hold that very dear and seriously. Yeah, but you're hold on a so, second. Hold, hold on. Let's so, to back back the truck up sure, for a second. Sure, right here, because you're saying that it means what it says. That the Second uh, Amendment uh, to the Constitution means literally what it says. It means literally what it says. Great. But, yeah, but. It's it, it. I know that's a revolutionary concept. It means what it says. It means. Yeah. They say a militia well, being necessary. Yeah. Comma, the right shall not be infringed. But a militia is. The armed citizens, the, you have to call yes, them up, and then you, you regulate them. Of course, they're well-regulated. All of these things continue to apply, because it doesn't just mean everybody gets a gun. That's part yeah. of a... And, it, and, it, it, and it's... Yeah, but and, that's, and the Second Amendment being necessary to a na- 21st century defense, America... If Right, but... But it, it's again, about time we you, we infringed on some people's if, rights if, to bear if, arms. If you, if you don't mind me saying so, so you're going to get this. See, and 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 here's someone who believes this is I'm saying this, and here's someone who believes that, like like every intelligent person that observes facts, that our society would be much better off without them. Yeah, but they're already and here. I I get that part. No, and and there's, and my goal, guns and my goal, my goal, regardless of what it may sound like, is the reduction of guns in our society. That is the ultimate goal. And and how I hope to achieve that goal is using the same methods that have been successful with other bad things, like cigarettes, for example. Good luck. Won't I, happen. You want to know why? This but, is the same fucking but, thing that these guys are like, not going to. It's in the Constitution. It's all right. But you're not you know going what? to. Electricity hasn't been invented to, yet. I, I know, but you're not going to. You're not going to win elections or arguments by. The only by way we're going to change this is with a constitutional convention. By, period. Okay. Discussion. But it can't be done any other way. You, you, you might. You might be able to. It's possible. But here's what. Here's what I think. Really, 
ought to happen because it's an inroad, and this is the inroad that I'm advocating, okay. and it's the, the education inroad. The people that are Second Amendment advocates, let's just call them that, when you ask them what then should we do about these kinds of things, they will say, and as aggravating as it is, as aggravating as it is to the people on the left to hear this, yeah. they'll say, why, education, first and foremost, we need to teach gun safety at an early age in the schools. They'll say this, and the people on the left get all crazy when they hear that. And, and I would suggest this, just stop going crazy for a second and consider this. The necessity of gun education for the same reason that you teach children about cars because they're dangerous, about STDs. And they're ubiquitous. Because they're, and they're, they're ubiquitous and they're a part of our world, an undeniable part of our world. Right. And knowledge is good. And, and knowledge about something dangerous doesn't make you want to do it more just as sex Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yeah, you know what else has power? The third rail right. down in the subway, pal. Touch it, the you third, die. Right. The... the so the, please. These, these, the sex education people say that sex education doesn't make you want to have sex more. It arms you with dealing with it responsibly. I, I would suggest that yeah, if we can I, agree. Yeah, you're full of shit. Okay. With all I mean, due respect, you're not I gonna, love you. You're the smartest guy I know. I'm suggesting this one more thing because you might have a chance. You might have a chance. At an inroad. Of, of oh. an inroad and, a, and a, of unification of actually achieving this one tiny little positive thing. Yeah. You might I'm have a chance. tell ch- you how to change everything. And then. And There's then, one thing that's a game changer, period. Okay. okay? All right. Get rid of the gun show loophole. Yes, you're you're right. Of course, get rid of the gun show Listen, loophole. And you, you, the problem that we have in this nation when it comes to things like guns is not the the gun advocates. It's more do you? It's their. It's the fact that we become so impatient that anything that doesn't have the uh, desired result immediately isn't worth pursuing. And this is the kind of change in America that can only take place over the course of like a generation. It has to, it's, it's a long term thing because there are so many guns out there. It's going to take a while. Okay. But you know so, what? It will get better over time, but nobody wants to take the fucking time. So it, it will get better over time. Nobody wants to take the time. The second amendment was written before the, the invention of like the, local law enforcement. There's, Right. There are a lot of things that are archaic. The like, government's going to come and take away our guns. Have like you the electoral, mind if they wanted to come and take away your guns, they'd have done it already. Like the Electoral College. By the way, the people that are going to come and take away their guns are, are the goons that, they, that they're in favor of, by yeah. the way. I, I've got a way around the Electoral College later on. Okay. I've got that. Yeah. Good. I got because that one. I'm all in favor of, of doing away with, with archaic things. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I know the folly of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, we're, we're not going to get what we want. So the best we can hope in, for is in to the try same, and get locked in progress, this not vortex for a long time now. Yeah. Let's break out of it by agreeing on one thing. Our children should understand how serious these devices I, you are. You know what? Okay. You turn me around on that one. I, you know what? Yeah. Because they're so ubiquitous, it is a wise thing to at least let them know, here's what you're dealing with. Here's the way they work. This is why they're dangerous, you know. Right. Okay. This, this, okay. I got, all right. I can, I can. And, and, look, and, and here's progress the thing. And then, and then you can say to Mr. Right Winger, when they agree with you that education is a good thing, you can say, and sex education, good, right? Yeah. And, and education in general, too, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, a bait. Okay. Easy. All right. It's a little, okay, little bit of, it's a little, okay. Oh, I'm okay. trying to, so education, now I'm totally education, good. Yeah. This is the, 
Get them used to saying that. All right, enough with the all guns. Right. I, you know, for the last three days, it's all I've been hearing about. And everybody, you I, know, I know. Nine more dead in Ohio. It makes me oh, sick. Neil Young's, Neil Young's it springing up and uh, dancing the yeah. jig. <laughs> so, on the last show, I said, you got that clip lined up for me? I do. You got that, that lined up? This is what I said on the last show. You got that? Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. Of all the punishments that could be meted out, okay, to a guy like this, here's the one that I think is the, the most yeah. appropriate. He should be put in general population at Attica. That's it. Okay. No protective. Throw him in there. He won't let. I mean, look. He'll hang himself or get shivved and thrown off the fourth tier like, you know, Edward James almost in America, me, you know, within a year. And as much as I would like his life to go on for like 20, 30 years being Bubba's bitch and passed around, it would please me to know that when he decides to kill himself because he can't take it anymore, the last memory that's going to flash through his head is of his asshole being opened up like a Lincoln Tunnel on a slow day against his will. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Nice job. Right after that, uh, let me see. Jeffrey Epstein is found injured in jail cell. Mr. Epstein, the financier charged with sex trafficking of minors, had marks on his neck. The incident was being investigated as a possible assault or suicide attempt. Well, I said that it was going to be one or the other. The thing is, is that he didn't cover the under for me. Okay, uh, I had the one year mark. Now I've still got plenty of time. Okay, but I really thought I was gonna. This was gonna be a sure winner for the bet. I thought I was in the money here, and now they're like claims that he basically it wasn't a suicide attempt. It was a suicide gesture. You know, <laughs> it was you know not towards the, the, suicide. Yeah, the way the the manner in which he chose to you know hang himself was dubious. The Mueller hearing. You know, I, I watched it. It mm. was seven hours of literally mm. watching grass grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it's one of those things where he's the he's the wrong messenger. And the funny thing is, is that everybody talked about how his performance was mm. what, you know, shot the whole thing down. Like, had he performed better? And some actors got together and literally did. The entire 400-page thing as like, you know, as if they were on stage acting. Mm. That didn't do any better. This is, you know, I, I don't even know what to what to say. Uh, it was very disappointing. And, yeah. Uh, who I, knew he had such a high-pitched voice? I, I fell asleep. Like, I nodded off during part of it. You know, and he kept... It, 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 was, it was ridiculous that that they had to do this, like, Mexican hat dance around. Yeah, you've had to impeach him. Yeah. Well, and... That's, they, that's, the, that's the whole thing. They, they can... They can bring you, you know, bring do impeachment hearings in the House, and it may pass there, but it'll never pass the Senate. And they know that, you know, yeah, right. which is why. And the only reason that uh, Mueller was saying that he cannot be indicted is because of some freaking note. It's not a law. It's right. It's, it's a, a memo. Fucking law. It's a memo. It's on a people write memos note, right. every day. Hey, how yeah. about I write your fucking memo that says he right, can? Right. I mean, you were trying to that, that sounds so you can't arrest the president, so the president is above the law. I thought yeah. that that was settled That's, during Nixon. Like, yeah. no, I thought that was settled back in 1789. Right. Speaking of the Constitution. Yeah, on the right. subject there of the uh, Democrats did their. I didn't watch either. I haven't watched any of the debates. So they had rounds three and four. And uh, remember, I was telling you that I had the new drinking game. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you were right because uh, my my thing was whenever you hear or read the term circular firing squad, yeah, you have to do a, yeah. you have to do a shot at Jack, and you were like, man, how about a thimble? Yeah, full? Right, sure. Yeah, you were right. A thimble <laughs> full. <laughs> I said a thimble <laughs> full each time ought to keep you hammered for the next fifteen months. Every time you hear the term circular, circular firing, firing squad. squad, they love cliches. They <laughs> love them. All right, here's here's one Florida. You know. We we just can't help fucking ourselves. We we Florida utilities keep homeowners from making the most of solar power. Political clout and incentives of the state's big power companies have discouraged installations of rooftop solar panels. Mm-hmm. And this is in in Florida, the Sunshine yeah, State, the Sunshine State. Irony de Grande. You remember it was in two thousand and it was on the last. It was a ballot initiative, and they wanted to add the tax. Yeah. Remember for anybody who had solar. And I guess there the claim from FPL was that it's going to cut into our profits. Dad. Right. Basically they would they would be forced to charge people who continue to use their service more, more money. Yeah, to to be liquid. Yeah, to be liquid, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I, I love that. That's the, the the like the buggy whip tax. The buggy that, whip that, that we had, that all the car uh, manufacturers. God had to damn pay it, Henry Ford's right. taking away our to, jobs to subsidize the buggy whip industry because people weren't buying them anymore. I know. Right. God yeah. damn them. Yeah. Because the cars were free. Or well, something. in Florida, you can literally get away with spewing it because the way in which they the FPL tried to pass that one off, they literally did an ad campaign that was designed to make you think that voting in favor of their initiative was good for Right, yeah, they did the reverse freedom. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whereas it was the other way around. Right. And it was the freedom to pay more. The, yeah, it was, but it was, it was it was called something like that. It was like the freedom I I, I maybe what was it? I can't remember what it was. It was the freedom to, you to, know, uh, screw you over. Yeah, uh, basically initiative. that's what it was. I'm I have it in here somewhere. It was the uh damn it was the name of it was great. The you know it was like the the freedom to mm-hmm. you know I have know. solar energy blah 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 thing and it was it was bullshit and the only reason it didn't pass is because in order for it to they needed a sixty percent margin. I uh, need sixty percent of the votes and it actually got more than fifty percent of the votes. There were fifty percent of people mm-hmm. that said yeah fuck yeah. me. Because they're that stupid. They really are. Well, here's another one. I I spotted this ad. Stick it to them liberals and their solar energy. (laughs) Basically, yeah. You got to love it when when they stand up for their ideology and yet bankrupt themselves. You know, if you you take this little chunk, you know, the the part that you see uh, lit up from orbit, if you separate this from the state of Florida, it's basically... You know, South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that heart. The, yeah. The heartland of the state. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm watching TV and an ad comes on and it was basically uh, don't buy foreign pharmaceuticals. Um, foreign pharmaceuticals oh, have been yeah. found to have this you in know, it, like, that in it. Like Canadian foreign pharmaceuticals that are. Nonprofit linked to pharma uh-huh. rolls out campaign to block drug Imports, basically a nonprofit organization that has orchestrated a wide-reaching campaign against foreign drug imports, has deep ties to the pharmaceutical research and manufacturers of America. The powerhouse lobbying group that includes, you know, Eli Lilly, Pfizer, Bayer, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, the pharma senior vice president, Scott, go fuck yourself, douchebag, uh, for 10 years led the Partnership for Safe Medicines, a nonprofit. That's, mm. You've got to love it. It's the 501c4. It's a nonprofit, which makes it sound like it. it actually has even the slightest smidgen of virtue. Um, he said, uh, uh, it's recently this group has emerged as a leading voice against Senate bills that would allow drug importation from Canada. Mm. Douchebag Scott was responsible for pharma alliances with patient advocacy groups and served until recently as a nonprofit principal officer. In February, he moved into the senior role at pharma and stepped down as director of Partnership for Safe Medicines. It's the names of these groups you got to love. Uh-huh. It's the names of these groups. The Partnership for Good People. The Partnership for Truly Patriotic Americans. The Partnership Against Murdering Grandpa. It's a nonprofit, 501c4, with deep ties to the gun industry. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They have gone to great lengths to show the drug makers are not driving what they describe as a grassroots effort to fight imports, including expensive advertising blitz. Ah, I got that word right. And an event last week which featured a high-profile former FBI officers and former Food and Drug Administration commissioner. Uh, The group wanted to avoid the appearance of conflict, which is why they got rid of Laganja, douchebag boy, who's now with Pharma. He basically went from the state douchebag organization to the national douchebag organization. So, you know, we literally here in Florida allow. That's the thing about the First Amendment. This is what Fox has done. You know, you used to not be able to go on television and lie. It was against the law. Right. The First Amendment did not protect you. And Fox News and Roger Ailes literally went to the Supreme brought it all the way to the Supreme Court to say that, yes, they could. And the Supreme Court said, okay, go ahead. And ever since then, it's, you know, a MacGuffin-a-thon, <laughs> okay? The mm, advertising yeah. that you see from these people and the, the, the music in the background and the, 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 you know, the horror, the horror. Mm. It really is. It's like, it's like Colonel Kurtz <laughs> doing advertisements, <laughs> you know. He dies when it dies. You're just a delivery boy. I saw a snail sliding along the edge of a straight razor and survive. It is my dream. It is my nightmare. So uh, I told you that I had good news for you. Yes, some gospel. This is back from February the 20th. The Supreme Court ruled on Wednesday that the Constitution places limits on the ability of states and localities to take and keep cash, cars, houses, and other private property used to commit crimes. The practice known as civil forfeiture is a popular way to raise revenue revenue and is easily abused and has been the subject of widespread criticism across the political spectrum. The court's decision will open the door to new legal arguments when the value of the property seized was out of the proportion of the crimes involved. In this case, the court sided with... Tyson Timms, a small-time drug offender in Indiana who pleaded guilty to selling $225 of heroin to an undercover police officer. He was sentenced to one year of house arrest and five years of probation and was ordered to pay $1,200 
in fees and fines. The state officials also seized his $42,000 Land Rover, which he bought with the proceeds from his father's life insurance policy. Saying he, he, and what they said was he used it to commit the crimes. Mm. This is the thing. Uh, Supreme Court has ruled the Eighth Amendment, which bars excessive fines, limits the ability of the federal government to seize property. On Wednesday, this is what's interesting. In a nine-to-nothing decision, wow. this was unanimous that united justice on the left and the right, the court ruled that the clause also applies to states under the 14th Amendment, one of post-Civil War. Yeah, it's the uh, the, the housing prisoners and, uh, mm. you know, you, you right. can't. You can't basically take their property houses. It's, it's, it's the Civil War thing of a bob. Um, RBG wrote for, uh, she wrote the, uh, the decision. There was no dissent. So that's Great. perfect. And said so the question before the court was an easy one. Quote, the historical and logical case for concluding that the 14th Amendment incorporates excessive fines clause is overwhelming for good reason. The protection against excessive fines has been a constant shield throughout Anglo-American history. Exorbitant tolls undermine other constitutional liberties. Excessive fines can be used, for example, to retaliate against or chill the speech of political enemies. Mm -hmm. I love that line. What a great, yo, man, you got to chill that speech or what up? Notorious Uh, RBG. I I was hearing it in uh, in, uh, old Victorian English language. It's like, well, that'll chill his speech now, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, I, you know, there's at least a teeny bit of good news. We'll be coming. rousing the rabble like before. Oh, absolutely. But that's a little bit of good news because that was Yeah, that's insane. a scam. That was, it was a it's total scam. They rubber were, barons, man. Yeah, there was, there's, uh, in that movie, uh, How to Make Money Selling Drugs, the, yeah, the guy everybody's dipping was talking about how they basically, this is how they sure. finance the county's law enforcement yeah. efforts, mm-hmm. you know? By building up their their stats, by yeah. you know, okay, so from stats, so that they can continue to get the federal funds. And as far as getting local stuff, you know, I if you drive on ninety five down here long enough, you'll see an FHP car that's like a Porsche. Oh yeah, no, they got nice things. They do, yeah. <clears throat> so this one, I couldn't help myself with this. I know I should have. All right. But I couldn't. Trump is not a racist. All right. David Duke is a racist. All right. George Wallace was a racist. Mm-hmm. Trump is an exploiter of racists. Okay. Okay. He's not a real one. There is an article in The Atlantic. We are all tired of being called racists. At Donald Trump's rally in Cincinnati, droves of attendees made it clear that they stood with the president despite his recent comments. I wrote down, despite. Right. Right. You know, how about because of? Right. Okay. What this got me to thinking about, though, was the movie American History X. Okay, yes. The Ed Norton character, mm. uh, what was his name, Hilliard? I, I don't know. I'll have to look so, it up. Okay. He gets sent to prison after killing one of the black guys who was trying to steal the car that his father had given him. And just so I get this out there, that scene. Ah, I don't even want to think about it. The look, no, no, no. no, but the look on his face as he turns yeah. around in slow motion. You the, know, smart, the, the smirk on his face. Ed Norton, how is it possible he didn't win the, the, the best acting I don't, in the Academy Award? I don't that think, look alone is worth the fucking award. 
Yeah. Uh, I wish I could find the other character, the plot, nonlinear. Yeah, Danny Danny Vineyard. Vineyard, Vineyard. That's okay. It, Vineyard. I I never I like Ed Norton isn't a very good actor to me. He's always the same. I love flat Ed Norton. I think he's great. In every movie except for this one where he Smoochie, just, get to Smoochie. He just yeah, he just really wow. So he was huge. basically, right, anyway, go ahead. When he goes when Vineyard goes to prison, he finds out that the uh, the Aryan Brotherhood that you know he gets hooked up with, and he's the you know that's the thing. Vineyard's the real deal. Right, okay? right. He's he's authentic white power, and he finds out that the uh, the AB in inside prison that the top guys spew a lot of tough talk about white pride, but when it suits their needs, they're perfectly willing to deal with the quote mongrel races, yeah, so long as they can profit from it. Sure, right. Okay. Here's the story: Trump is like the leader of the AB in prison. He's basically treating the genuine racists and bigots who voted for him the same way Ed Norton's character eventually got treated in prison by the exploiters of divisiveness. Okay? So we can only hope that, uh, basically, I wrote down, uh, we can only hope that President Trump's core constituency has the same metamorphosis as Ed Norton's character eventually does, uh, seeing as how they're essentially basically getting the same kind of merciless reaming of their bank accounts that he got in his ass in prison. Because that's what's happening. He is not... He is a racist on TV. He only plays one on TV. If he thought that he could get this... he's What he is is an adulation addict. Mm-hmm. And this is where he has discovered that the adulation can be garnered and retained most fervently. These are the most... These are the people who have felt, justifiably so, marginalized in their point of view because, you know, they're racists. Right. Okay? Yeah. And now they they have found, you know, their guy with the big megaphone. And so what he realizes is that these people will literally jump off the fucking cliff with him because they yeah. have because David Duke wasn't cutting them as, lo- as long as he maintains the, uh, the racism. That's exactly it, and he has to do that. The minute... He steps away from that. But the I, minute he I, I does, he is. it is over for him. Everything you said, but he is. I think I think he speaks from his, his soul. I think he's too stupid to be a racist. His dad is that a Klansman? Think, uh, I mean, racism is stupid. This isn't about race. race it's about ra- greed. Racism he's is stupid. He's using racism as his dad. He as, was a birther. I heard him talk. Yeah. And, and This is you, about gaining you, a following. You have to be... You, you know, he could have been. He could have been. He could have been doing the birtherism for show or or whatever. But I, I think he's he's a racist. I think he generally hated Obama. Jealous, but and and more so because he's black. I think he was a racist, just like his dad. I think if was, Obama had been white, okay. He would have. He would have found another way have, to go out. He him. wouldn't have said. He wouldn't have said the birtherism shit. No, he just sure. would have found something else. His been. thing is about being against uh, something, not that's, something. Yeah, everything you said, but also he's a racist. <laughs> hey man, you know he, he is. I've. It's not subtle. I see what he does as the exploitation of racism. The exploitation of the racist uh, underbelly I, that still exists it, as a result of this uh, nation's it, it original is, sin, which is slavery. It is the one issue where I take him at his word. Let me tell you something. There was discussion. I'm going to, you know, this mm-hmm. just popped into my head, but I, I wrote this down somewhere. There was discussion 
uh, I guess in one of the debates I was watching, I watched the post game wrap up, the highlights. Mm. Like mm. I do, with, I'm, I'm not watching any of the debates. Yeah, when I can't watch the Mets on TV, what I do is I I go on, I get the game recap from MLB. Yeah, the highlights. Mm-hmm. And one of the things yeah, YouTube, got, one of the things that got brought up was uh, reparations. People were talking about reparations. There should be reparations for African American families. Okay, I don't think there should be. Do you want to know what the best thing we can do right now? It's not reparations. It's genuine equality under the law. That's a good start. Try try treating them fairly. They won't need then they won't need reparations. Give them the same opportunities in education. Sure. In Every, business. everybody. Give them that. Okay? And then you won't have to worry about reparations. But if you you know, if you if you want to do reparations, how about Inner city schools. Give all the money to inner city schools. There's your reparations. Spend $500 million on that. Spend billions of dollars on that. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a win-win. Yep. Okay? You get, to, you get to feel like you're doing the right thing for the sins of your forefathers. Well, and at the same time, you actually are doing the fucking right thing. You know what Jesus said? I do not. He said that rich people... Should sell everything. Oh yes, everything they own. It is. Well, I got something about that later everything. for you. And I got give, some Jesus shit. And later give for the you. money to the poor. Yes, not to the church. Not to the church. Not to the government. Yeah, the church is a rat. Not to the government. Yeah, he's a, say good. Give it to the poor. Just give it right to him. They're easy to find. They're all over. They're all over. Hey, look, yeah. that's that's right, Jake. And in any event, I think we're going to get back to some groove. Let's this do that. set. I'll tell you, at the end of this set, is the Gramps Master Flash sublime groove of the month it is so good but before that the ensorcelization continues unabated it's Calibro 35 on the Groovathon at SoFloRadio.com
of what they call Antonio's girls. It's like Charlie's angels, so to speak. And he really uh, teaches them everything.
fucking roll. How you like them apples, baby? Black rainbows. That is the hunter. Uh, these guys are they're from Italy, and uh, that came out 2013. They came out with like a six song EP called Holy Moon. Um, just raucous stuff. And the mix, there it was, baby. The mix right before that. This guy named John Moskovitz uh, from Brooklyn came out with a uh, series of, of mashups, and it's called um, Blue Eyes Meets Bedsty, and it's all Frank Sinatra and, the, and Notorious B.I.G. And so this one was uh, Nasty Boy mashed up with uh, For Every Man There's a Woman. And there's about five or six cuts on this, and he never really, it's, it isn't like a CD or anything. You basically have to, I guess he's got a, got it on youtube somewhere he's he's released it out there i'm not sure how i stumbled across it but i did and it's phenomenal stuff i just i just really i don't know it's it to me it was one of the perfect mashups that i've stumbled across recently before that sir mac rice and the dinatones not in my pocket yeah baby i'll show you the difference between a boy and a man that's uh from right now came out in 1992 Mac Rice wrote and recorded the original version of Mustang Sally. Everybody okay. thinks that uh, Wilson Pickett did it, but he did it originally in 65, and then Wilson Pickett covered it in 66, and that became the famous version. And the reason that Wilson Pickett was aware of the song is because they had both been in the same band, the Falcons, in the late 50s, into the early 60s, uh, Wilson Pickett and Sir Mac Rice. So there you go, a little bit of that. For that, the Satelliters, Lost in Time from Out of Here, came out in 2010. Those cats from Germany, they've been around for a while now. They've been around for like, I don't know, 20 years or something, man. But you know, that whole uh, garage psychedelia thing that has been really kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's it's back out there again. It hasn't exploded. Mm-hmm. It just kind of got to a level, but it hasn't shrunk either. Because they're all over the world. There are these bands. One is called the uh, the High Learys. Okay, <laughs> from Australia. I found some bands that are that are in the same kind of you know garage psychedelia thing. You know, mm. that was spawned by. The Fuzz Tones, the Flesh Tones, the Chesterfield Kings, you know, those bands back at the 3 o'clock, I remember those guys. So back in the 80s, you know, when I, you know, knew a lot of these people in New York, and it's still there. It, it hasn't gone anywhere, except now it's kind of, it's it's global. And there's some bands now, it's kind of re being rekindled. There's some really cool psychedelic music that has come out uh, in the last five ten years and there's some good stuff i've got some stuff lined up for future shows you know i found some some pretty groovy stuff for that i love this song i i can't help myself the soul snatchers featuring jimmy belmart and the song is called can't stand it from uh sniffing and snatching came out in 2007 these cats are from the netherlands the lead singer on that uh jimmy belmartin was 60 when he recorded that. So, uh, you know, those guys, they've been around for a while. They've got a bunch of great stuff. And kicking off the set, yeah, the insourcialization continues unabated. 
Calibro 35, Summertime Killer. I'll play that song once a year for as long as it shows on the air. Calibro 35 is going to get played at least once a year every year. I can't help myself. I really can't. So, yeah, here we go. couple of things. Um, back, uh, I guess, uh, early, about a month ago, it's July 13th, that's it, uh, Maureen Dowd, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the commentator, editorial writer for the New York Times, wrote an entire thing about how the, uh, the squad, they're gonna, mm. they're gonna ruin us, you know, they're, you know, biting mm. off their nose to spite their face, blah, blah, blah. And th- basically she finished off the, uh, the editorial by saying, the progressives act as though anyone who dares disagree with them is bad. Not wrong, but bad. Guilty of some human failing, some impurity that is a moral evil that justifies their venom. Okay, uh, yes. Okay, yo, Mo, who are you calling a progressive? Okay, I'm a progressive. And, and I wrote, in response to that, I wrote, I don't think anyone who disagrees with me is bad, or for that matter, necessarily wrong. And as for being guilty of some human failing, some impurity, well, in my case, glass houses and whatnot. Besides, who among us is perfect? Seeking perfection is the act of progress. On the other hand, forsaking everything else by insisting on perfection or nothing at all is pure political folly, as Dowd points out by describing Congress as, quote, a place where you work at it and work at it and don't get everything you want. Okay. I said, it's about progress, not perfection, which is why I'm a progressive, not a perfectionist. I'm a progressive. I'm not a liberal nor conservative. I do not seek to liberate nor to conserve only to recognize liberation and conservation as potential catalysts in pursuit of progress, though not unbridled progress, but rather pragmatic Mm, progress. I am a progressive pragmatist, a pro-pragmatessive, if you will. Oh, okay. I like that. There's what I, now that's what I call a caucus. So, on the uh, last Friday's Bill Maher show, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, the leader of the DNC caucus, said during his interview, quote, I think we have to resist the temptation to play to the hard left. The House Democrat, the House Democratic caucus, just like the country on the Democratic side, is very diverse. You've got moderates, you've got centrists, you've got, wait for it, you ready? Mm-hmm. Pragmatic progressives. And you have people on the hard left. Yeah. You're welcome, Congressman. I'm here for you, baby. I'm here for you. Are you sure you didn't rip him off? Ooh, I know. Man, I know. I'm being sarcastic. I don't know the timing on it. Right. So, I... It happens all the time. I told you you'd have to get used to it. I know. You, you, you... Get used to it. You it did. Yeah. You said it. And, you know, I'm just putting it on Mars tab. Right. It's all right. You know, I... That pay- justifies my uh, stealing his show. Sure, yeah. yeah absolutely. So... A little later on during the show, um, they were interviewing they had, you know, their panel, and one of the people on the panel was the uh, ex-governor of Michigan, Granholm, who I think is sexy. This chick, inside and outside, she's got the brain, she's got the looks. Ah, seriously, sexy politician right there, you know? So 
she was talk. They were talking about 2020, of course, coming mm-hmm. on. And uh, you got that clip lined up for me? Yeah. Okay. This is what she said. Go ahead. Let me just say something about about these wedge issues, which are brought up in the debates. You know, this election is going to be won in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Right. And Donald Trump, who got 306 electoral votes, has a bunch of electoral votes in the bank. Remember, he only needs to get 270. That means he can win everything he had last time. He can lose two out of those three Midwestern states. All he needs is one to be able to win. If we are not talking to the issues that these people in the Midwest care about, and, we are going to lose the whole the way, on, banana. On the- now, here's the thing, okay? Mm-hmm. She's right and she's wrong. I mean, it, it, the fact is that it's actually a tiny percentage of voters in those states that might decide the next election. And in fact, did decide the last election. A couple of weeks ago, I, I had commented to a friend of mine, Robin, that I thought I had come up with a way for Democrats to win back the White House in 2020 and perhaps for several elections to come. And without living in the fantasy land that has two-thirds of Congress and the president signing off on changing the formula, and then the fantastical eventuality of two-thirds of the states agreeing to adjust the electoral college format for determining who wins presidential election. That's the only way it's going to it can change. All right? Yeah. That's not going to happen. The Connecticut Compromise conundrum that haunts our nation to this day, okay, has forced the majority of people in our democracy to compromise by allowing the republic to continue to be beholden to states that take advantage of the arcane procedures agreed to by the founding fathers over two centuries ago. Okay? There was an article um, called The Case for the Electoral College. Mm. Uh, I believe it was in, I'm not, I, I think it was in the New York Times. And the author said, Thus, the electoral popular split of 1888 pointed the way to William McKinley and Teddy Roosevelt's national Republican majorities. And the near splits of 1968 and 76 pushed us towards Reagan's nationwide landslides landslides, and Bill Clinton's successful center-left campaigns. Time and again, a close election leads to hand-wringing about the need for electoral college reform. Time and again... Politicians and parties respond to the college's incentives and more capacious and unifying majorities are born. That's his argument. His argument is that it's good because it's times like this that draw the real majority together to combat this, you know, what what the college electoral math hath wrought upon us. Here's the thing. He's relying on his on staying with it based on history. My thought was, you know, he's right. It's always been true. Right up until it isn't. Guy's always on time. Right up until, until he's, he's not. late. Right. All right. The uh I wanted to I, I looked at some numbers and I think this is important. Okay. In 2016, Trump got 304 electoral votes. Clinton got 227, and you need 270 to win. Michigan is 26. Pennsylvania is 20, and Wisconsin is 10. And I said she was right. Granholm was right that Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania are going to decide the election. 
Um, although, but not for the reasons she gave, although I have to admit that, that she was right about them as well. Um, in addition to Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, the states of Arizona and Florida also can claim the dubious distinction of states where Gary Johnson and Jill Stein got enough combined votes to enable Trump to squeak out a victory. Mm-hmm. And all five of those states are winner-take-all states. Okay? So basically, they don't apportion it out like, like uh, Maine right. does, Pro- I believe. Proportionally, does. right. Yeah. So you got five states in which Clinton would have won had the people who voted for Gary Johnson... It was like the Libertarian Party and the Green mm-hmm. Party, I believe. Mm-hmm. Had they not voted for one of those two, Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. That is 40, 66, 86, 96 electoral votes. That's a landslide going the other way. Mm-hmm. That's a landslide going the other way. That is a landslide. She would have had 323. And he would have had 208. That's a landslide. Talk about biting off your nose to spite your face, huh? Mm-hmm. All right? I said, yo, Nader Nation, listen up. I got two words for you. Hanging Chad. So when the time comes to pack it in, pack it the fuck in. And you're screwing us all. This complaint that Dowd makes justifiably about the squad, okay, is the complaint that we should be making, you know, and, and I understand. It's like, I don't, you know, we need more than two parties. I want these are the people to speak to my issues. Yeah, I see all that, and I get it. But you know what? You can't govern unless you win. Right now, right. basically, those, these, these teeny percentages, these two and three percent, Okay, mm-hmm. forced a hundred percent of the nation, mm-hmm. right, to deal with the scourge that is mm-hmm. the Trump administration and presidency. Here's what I wrote down. I said, "Here's the ticket I want for 2020." You ready? Al Franken and Jill Stein. Yeah, Frankenstein 2020. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. We don't forget to tip your waitress. By the way, there were some other states. That we're close enough that we should be able to turn. So here's what I think could solve a lot of the problems for Democrats in the future for presidential elections. Okay. First of all, you've got to get to those people and say, right up until election day, right up until you go into that voting booth, scream, yell, rant, and rave for your guy or gal. Mm. Scream and yell and rant and rave for the issues, for those issues, and implore the leading Democratic candidate, to take those issues seriously. But when you go into that booth, bitch, vote the D ticket, or we wind up with Bush. Mm -hmm. We wind up with Trump. And who knows what we could wind up with next. Here's what I think should happen. You ready? Mm -hmm. I got this. I got this. I got this. I'll figure it out. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. He should open his largest, you know, they, they're, they're now called, they're not, they're not called business, they're campuses, is what they call them now. He needs to open up two campuses, 
Okay, the biggest ones that he's ever opened up. One for both distribution centers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got the hourly employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, and even more importantly, though, for the uh, the office executive geek types. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the six figure. Yes. Okay. The the salaried, not hourly. Right. Okay. He needs to open them up in two places. The first one, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Perfect place. Okay. Perfect fucking place. And the next one is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. They could use it. Okay. Now, the Jacksonville one is the one that serves as the greatest example for me. Now, you have to remember that he dangled those jobs in New York, out in Queens. And... He basically took it back. I wrote this down. It's uh, front of New York City a few months ago, but then snatched it away like candy from a baby because the city's surrogate mommy, AOC, put her foot down and said that she didn't care that surrogate daddy, who is a BDB, Bill de Blasio, said that New York could do, said, you know, said that New York could do whatever it wanted. And she said, no dessert until New York has finished its veggies. So instead of publicly allowing Amazon to come up like Willy Wonka to the tune of billions in basically tax incentives, okay, that he was demanding, th- what he's now doing, what most people don't know, he's literally getting office space in New York anyway for all of the executives, for all of the salaried people. He's going to have offices. They're going to be in Manhattan. And he's not getting any tax breaks. He's also now going to have to pay more per square foot by a lot, okay, in Manhattan than he would have in Queens. And he gets no tax incentives. Okay. Right? He's doing, he, he's going to do it anyway mm-hmm. because that's what a talent is. But the fact of the matter is if you start, if you have jobs making good money mm-hmm. and you say, you know what? I know you like New York, but let me show you what Jacksonville could do for you. And two hours away from a plane, you got the beach. It's a real city. Mm-hmm. You're not fucking around. And bonus package, you get to basically, because of the power and influence and wealth and the amount of people that would be part parcel of this, they're going to be able to influence the state. All they're right. going to be able to dictate a lot of money, where a lot of money goes. We've seen all those ads that are deceptive. Wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody coming out with ads and saying, hey, you saw that ad over there? Let me tell you what they're really saying. There are going to be a lot of people, okay, there are going to be a lot of new voters mm-hmm. that I would tend to believe vote Democrat. I know Bezos okay. does. Right. He's a thorn in fucking Trump's mm-hmm. side all day long. You want to really be a thorn in his side? Take away Florida from the Republicans. Please. Move on down, baby. Sunshine. And Jacksonville's far enough up north. That it's, you'll... it's all rednecks, man. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about four discernible seasons. You're going to get. Okay. You'll get. Yeah. You're going to be able to wear that leather jacket that you love so much. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're going to be able to do sure. that. All right. So I think. That that is the move to make. And I did some quick math here. Now, here's the real bonus package. If you live in the zip code that I used to live in, 10024, which is the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and you make $150,000 a year salary, Mm -hmm. okay, your federal tax rate 
for fiscal year 2018 was 24%, 18.27 effective tax rate. Comes to 27,410. FICA, you're paying 10 grand, 10,136. Now, here's the real key. State income tax at 6.57% or 5.88% effective, okay, comes to 8,823. And local tax at 3.88% comes to another $5,379, which means in New York, if you live in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, you make 150 grand a year. Single. Single, mm-hmm. no deductions, regular payer. It's just Joe Blow, 27 years old, you know, whatever, okay? Your take-home is $98,252, okay? This is without any, this is just basic tax, okay? In Jacksonville, in the 32233 uh, zip code, okay, you paid the same uh, federal tax rate, 24%. You pay the same FICA, but there was no state or local tax. None. So, that is a difference of a, I had this down here, it is, 14000 and change, okay, is the difference. $14,000. So, $150,000 a year income in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you take home $112,000. $455, which means Jeff Bezos could pay every person that he pays one hundred fifty grand a year mm-hmm. $7,000 less, and they would make $6,000 more take home. Good deal. Win-win. Yep. Who's your win-win boy? Huh? I am. Tony is. Yes, I am. I'm here for you to win. Everybody want to make money. I know Bezos is a scumbag piece of shit, but he's the richest guy on the planet, and I got to coddle him a little bit. Come to the beach, old boy. Okay? Yo, you want to go up to Queens? You're going to be hiring a lot of Jews. And the rule is, once you reach a certain age, white shoes, white belt, Florida. It's the law. It's the law. Right. You have to drive around with that. That blinker on the whole time, except when you make a turn. These are right. the cost of living I haven't even factored in yet. The cost of living in Jacksonville versus living in New York City, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good fraction. to the tune of another 10 Gs. Right. Okay. And you're going to get to basically march on in and take control of the city. You're yeah. going to be the big kahuna. He's going to have a campus down there. You know what he's going to be? You know what he is. Big man on campus. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. He's going to be the BMOC. You got the beach right there. You can be anywhere in the Northeast, door to door practically with the airport there. The airport there is Mm -hmm. really easy to get to. Three hours. Philly in three hours. New York in three hours. Door to door. And the only problem is, you know, the construction at LaGuardia. That's a whole other thing that's going on. That airport is falling apart. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. That's how you do it. But I'm saying it straight up. All you people out there, you know, I like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I do. I think she's good for America. 
I do. I think the squad is good for America. You know? They're bits and pieces. I'm not going to get into the the minutia. But it's good to have them in there because those Congress needs to have somebody smack them in the back of the head from time to time. Needs to have somebody calling them out. Even if it is with a far left, radical, blah, blah, blah. You know what? It's not that far left. And, you know, all you people want to scream about socialism. What do you think we're living in right now? What right. You, you know? You got social security. It's actually called that. Yeah. There's a reason why. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, you know, conservatives voted against it. They said, you know, when it, when it originally came. Of course, yeah. Keeping the old people alive. <laughs> it's not so, the Eskimo way. At the end of Bill Maher's show, he gave you, Graham's master plan, yeah. Los Jordan's Rodriguez, major prompts by parroting your thoughts from the last show that we did, okay, our comeback show, regarding the hypocrisy of those who claim to be guided by Christian, Jesus, yeah, Christian morality yeah. and ethics as prescribed by the leader of their church. What was his name again? Jesus. Thank you. H. Christ. And he's got like an instruction manual, right? All right. Pretty, yes. Uh, yeah. Pretty, the Bible. pretty cut dry. Yeah. It's pretty cut dry, right? It's, it's very, uh, it repeats itself quite it often, does, actually. Yes. Yeah, it goes on God, and on. Man, and blah, on blah, the blah. same point, it hammers the same point through. It right. does. So uh, he was uh, saying, uh, he was doing a couple of new rules, and he had these couple for you. Okay, new rule, Reverend William Weaver, the New Jersey pastor accused of performing oral sex exorcisms. Oral sexorcisms? Where he claims to suck the demons out of men who come to him for Christian counseling. It works, it's true. Has to stop doing that. (laughs) And men who come to him for counseling must realize one sign your spiritual counselor might not be on the level is when the answer to every problem is, how about I just suck your dick? New rule, the Friendship Baptist Church in Appomattox, Virginia, must tell us in what part of the Bible did Jesus say, love it or leave it? Maybe I missed that in the good book. I'm just saying, this message doesn't really sound like a church. And it doesn't sound like friendship. But fuck if it ain't Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one, man. It's Baptist, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, and the, the thing is that uh, that fellowship, friendship, Baptist church, whatever. What it mm-hmm. said was it was it, the the thing that they'd put up, you know, on their little sign. It said America, love it or leave it. Right. That yeah. was in response to you know Trump lamping. Right. So when's he leaving? He keeps bashing America. I know. He's American the biggest bash there is. Hey. Make America never, groovy again. I've never, never heard a liberal politician refer to any American city as like rat infested or, you know, take <laughs> shots at communities uh, within America or, or anything uh, like that. Yeah. What do I know? Okay. I, I'm a fern. You're either, the, you're either the president of the United States of America or you're a douchebag. It's Confederates. They already, you know, we already had the Civil War. They lost. Um, it, did, it didn't the, take. Babies. It didn't the take. Babies. You and know, I, knew, I knew it wouldn't. I went back in time and said, you know. When they say the South will rise again, they're serious because they, they, they'll never admit that... Um, that they that fell in the first that place. They're, that they're wrong, that they're wrong. They lost because they're on the wrong side of morality. God made them lose because they're evil. And <laughs> he's going to make them lose again until they're extinct because they're dinosaurs. Right on. Okay, on that note. Right, yeah. You know, uh, um, nothing pleases me more than playing stuff from mm-hmm. people I know that come out with great stuff. 
Tammy, you know, Tammy Faye Starlight, this chick does it all, all right? And this is a, you know, I played uh, covers of Tom Petty tracks before. I, got, I played one that's fantastic by uh, my friend Eric Alterman and the Slow Guns right after Tom Petty died. But this one, this one kicks some ass on the groove of time at SoFloRadio.com.
Everybody falling in love with Antonio. I think you couldn't meet him and not fall in love with him. He was engaging. He drew you in. He loved it. He was an incredible flirt. He was so good at it. And he flirted with everybody. Man, woman, child. 
dog. You know, nobody was spared from his charm. He was one of the most charming people I ever met.
Baby's out running around hanging with a crowd. Putting your business in the street, talking out loud. Saying you bought all this and that. How much you spent? Swear she must believe it's all heaven sent. Hey, now, better bring the woman around. To the sand truth, turn it low down. Taught her how to talk back that night. Boy. Give me that big idea. Nothing you can't handle, nothing you ain't got. Put your money on the table and drive it off the lot. Turn on your love life, turn on many to yes. Same old schoolboy game got you into this mess, yeah. You better move on back to town. To the sand truth, the dirty low down.
That is actually the Dukes of September uh, doing Lowdown Live. That is uh, Donald Fagan, Michael McDonald, and Boz Gags. They basically got together. I guess they got together originally. They were just going to do a bunch of Steely Dan songs. And uh, they've now, you know, they they basically wandered around, uh, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff. And that's just... That's just such a sweet song. That's uh, they they actually have a video uh, out, and I think also a CD that accompanies it. Uh, this is from the show they did at Lincoln Center back in 2012, Dukes of September. Uh, you know what? Most people don't know. Boss Gangs actually got his start. He was in the Steve Miller Band for like one album, I think. I think it was their very first album. For that, the Groove Merchants. Yeah, just the name alone. That's a winner. There's got to be someone for me that is the uh, B-side to the 45 that they came out with in 1970. It's really it's part of a uh, collection um, called Texas Funk, Hard Texas Funk 6875, and it's on Jazzman Records. There's a guy uh, named Gerald Short. He owns a, a record store, I guess, out in England, and he's known as Jazzman Gerald, and he has this label, and he goes in quest of these one-offs, you know, in the, the Lenny K Nuggets style, you know, finding these these bands that came out with these tremendous songs, and it was the only song they ever came out with. And he's got a bunch of them out there, so I recommend that. There's uh, He's got a bunch of collections. He's got a YouTube channel that's a veritable treasure trove of groove and funk. Before that, Primus with Stuart Copeland. This is from a performance. Uh, there's a series of them that uh, they're called At the Sacred Grove. A song called It's Good for Free. If you go to uh, Stuart Copeland, uh, his website is stuartcopeland.com or .net. I think it's .net. Um, He's got a whole series of these shows from the uh, Sacred Grove. And they've got Neil Peart and there's a bunch of people that uh, there's some really cool stuff there. It's worth looking up, you know, if you're a fan. And some interesting stuff. You were right. It's very uh, funky. What was it? Uh, well, I said skatable. No, 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 no. It's uh, what's his name? Now I can't remember. Doesn't. Oh, matter. <laughs> you said it sounded like. Oh, something. Captain Beefheart. Captain Beefheart. Thank hey, you. Sorry, man. I, was, I don't know. I, was, I kept thinking professor. That was all. Like, that was, was like, like eight minutes ago, it. man. You want me to have you know? Remember yeah, I know. Back sorry, to then? Before that, brand new stuff from Lettuce that is ready to live from the album uh, they just came out with about a month ago called Elevate. So I'm a big fan, as I've seen them before. Before that, Slim, good to go. There's your fucking skater song right there from one of my all-time favorite collections. Go, go, Crankin' came out in 84. Mm-hmm. That guy part of the uh, Trouble Funk crew out of D.C. with all that go-go music and kicking off the set. Yeah. Tammy and the Doctor. Stop dragging my heart around. This is uh, Tammy Faye and her husband, Keith Hartel. And they came out with that. I guess they recorded it. 
in Nashville back in 2004. And it's Tammy singing. Keith is doing all the other instruments. And there's some cat on drums. But uh, fabulous stuff. And this allows me to say, to uh, point out that coming up, uh, Tammy Faye is going to be doing her Marianne Faithful Broken English show at Pangea. Now, I'm not even going to get into how great she is when she does this stuff. I've seen the Marianne English show. I also have seen her doing, uh, she did a series of Stones albums at one point. But this one, she got permission from Marianne Faithful to do the show. Right? Yeah. She was, you know, I think it's the 40th anniversary of, uh, of the album Broken English. It is going to be at Pangea in New York, which is where she does these things. She does, you know, a, she'll do a series of shows down on uh, 2nd Avenue. And the, pre, the previews start uh, in a month. Uh, so you've got September the 12th and September the 19th. Then the opening night is Wednesday, September 25th. And then it has a run on Thursdays. So in October, every Thursday in October, so you got the 3rd, 10th, 17th, 24th, and 31st. Okay. She's going to be there. And you want to get your tickets early. And the, the closer it gets to certain dates, you want to check out and see if she's going to have somebody special sitting in with her um, for any particular performance. Uh, Lenny Kay, I've seen him twice, you know, Patti Smith's mm-hmm. guitar player. She's had Marshall Crenshaw sitting okay. in with her. Okay. And these shows sell out fast. Okay. It is not a big place. It's the perfect place to freaking see Tammy Faye Starlight. She becomes the character and yet not a knockoff. She's not imitating. She's, I don't know, she's her version which is as good as it gets. Now, I've seen her. I'm seriously thinking about just hauling my ass up there, maybe on the 31st, because that's uh, my friend Roger's birthday. He's Halloween birthday guy. So I was thinking maybe that'd be the perfect show to go to. You never know. So you definitely, you know, you want to get those tickets early. It's uh, Tammy Faye Starlight performs Marianne Faithful's Broken English. It's called Why'd You Do It? And it's at Pangea. In New York, so if you're there, see it. Uh, what else? Oh, well, I'm on a list of uh, subject of uh, folks I know who created great stuff and you know creating new stuff. These are actual artists, okay? <laughs> you know, unlike me, who's a blabber, these are people who literally think up shit and then do it. Um, a good chum of mine, John Glatt, he has a brand new book out. It's called The Family Next Door. And it's uh, it just came out. He's had a bunch of stuff on the New York Times bestsellers. So she did the Lost Girls. He does a lot of these crime and punishment things. And this one is about uh, the Turpin kids. The 13 kids were basically, you know, imprisoned by their parents for years or something like that. So uh, this one, I'm sure, is uh, headed again for the New York Times bestsellers. The last one he had up there was, uh, yeah, the Lost Girls. Uh, it was in June of 2015. He made it to number nine on the New York Times bestsellers list. So, you know, and he's, he writes a good story, man. He, he draws you in. So, and I'm not, I'm not a real big fan of these things, but he, he gets it right, man. These are fun books to read and he does his research. That's the thing. You know, he gets the facts right. 
I hate people who take liberties with reality. With the facts, with, with the reality fact. was yeah. starting the church of reality there. Oh, yeah. To reserve our rights. Oh, man, I'm there. I am there. Baby. Reserve and preserve. I want to be a deacon. They're right. <laughs> you know? Can I be a member of the choir? Can I be a choir boy? Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we'll preach to you. Yeah? Yeah. Frock this. I got your frock, baby. We got hymns and <laughs> hers. <laughs> Well, it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Bumper to bumper, any make, any model. Dave and the entire ASC certified crew of Precision Auto Works have got you covered. I saw a uh, commercial for, I can't remember which cell company it was, but they have a series of these commercials. And basically their whole... The whole theme of of this series of ads is uh, uh, good. Sometimes good enough isn't good enough. Okay, is it good enough? I know, I know this language good enough, and then he screws up the language and shit like mm-hmm. that. All right, Dave takes that to a whole new level because for him there is no such thing as good enough. Okay, if it ain't perfect, it ain't good enough. There's perfection, and then there's Wrong. He's totally, if he can't buy it, he'll make it. Tool and die. Master. This, uh, coming up uh, this Friday, he's got his uh, drive-in, his monthly cruising. So that means that, uh, I guess, by Saturday, that's Friday the 9th. So on Saturday the 10th, I'm pretty sure the temperature for the entire planet is going to be up by about point. Zero five degrees Fahrenheit because of the burnout competition that he does every month. And this is becoming like a, a favorite monthly activity for car geeks in Broward County. I mean, they're, they're starting to show off. And I've been to this thing. All right. The, it's, the smoke, it literally looks, it's worse than like July 4th with all the smoke in the air. These guys, man, and they have to stay out there with hoses. And if you go over to his shop, mm-hmm. you'll see the street is just lined with this stuff. It's hilarious. Of course, you can go to the SoFlowRadio.com website. You click on the box that says Tony C's Groovathon. It's going to take you to my page. At the top of the page, you're going to see a link to SoundCloud where every show that has mm-hmm. ever been done is available to be listened to. For free. Yeah. Why? You can't put a price on Groove, man. You can't do that. All right? You'll also see a link for Precision Auto Works. Takes you right to their site. Tells you everything that you want to know. I think there's a link there. And if not, we're going to put it There's a link. There is. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right? If you go, mention the Groovathon. There is a discount. You're not going to need it. Okay? Because besides being the man under the hood... Okay, he's also honest. Okay, I know. Honest mechanic. He's an honest auto mechanic. Color me fucking shocked. Okay, easy to get to. Right off 95. You go west on Atlantic, south on Andrews, west on 3rd Street. You're right there. 60 seconds off the highway. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars take their cars. A little hang time, little, just a little bit. Y'all know what that means, all right? Oh, yeah. 
That's right. It is time for the drive groove. So let's get the tire smoking with a little Johnny Highland on the Groovathon at SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
go baby Jan Ackerman that is funkology it's a live version from Night of the Guitars back in 2001 Jan Ackerman is the most underappreciated vastly influential guitarist of the last I'm gonna say 45 years without question he and and the thing is, he does something that I love. Uh, John Schofield does the same thing. In this particular lineup that he has, uh, the original album, Funkology, the uh, the song, was like 15 minutes long, and he's got Clive Mayuyu on drums and Livingston Brown on bass. Now, he will go, he has had numerous lineups. Jan Ackerman, of course, the guitar player from Focus. Um, he has had numerous lineups and what he has consistently done is had people playing with him that are relatively speaking kids. Mm -hmm. They're unknowns. He, you know, scouts them out, puts them in his band and then sets them off. John Schofield does the exact same thing. People, he brings people into his band, these kids a lot of the time. I mean, he's got the Uber jam now, but. Over the years, he has managed to do this. He has managed to be the, the launching pad for a ton of great musicians, jazz, rock, fusion. Jan Ackerman, he's the most, he is the calmest shredder in the business. He looks like he is barely moving, you know, but he keeps going. Brian May said that uh, Jan Ackerman was like the first guitar player he ever met, that he was both like totally excited to meet and then immediately intimidated by he's like he's such a technician and yet you know you listen to some of these songs and it sounds like they're all over the place but what you realize there's a method to his guitar madness so i'm a huge Jan ackerman fan i can't get enough for that chelsea and grace constable these are two sisters uh they're doing so it's called bernie's tune and it's uh part of a series of videos that are done for Taylor Guitars. Um, there was an album that came out a long time ago. Wyndham Hill label. Wooden Steel. That was it. Wood and Steel. Taylor Guitars, they make these phenomenal acoustic guitars. And they will have various people have played with them. And the one that I thought was interesting was uh, Steve Stevens plays a Taylor acoustic guitar. It's a Fantastic flamenco guitar player. Most people don't know that. You know, he's a guitar player for Billy Idol. So this song is a, a jazz standard from the 50s. I think it was uh, 
Mulligan, and I think gets played on. I've got another version of this by uh, Tommy Emanuel, who's one of the great flat pickers out there. Before that, yeah, Matt Grondin. song is called Apocalypse from The Raw Source. came out in 2009 on Grondin BMI. Now, he's, that's his label, but it's not a BMI. He just named it okay. just to piss them off, which I thought was pretty funny. I played his song uh, Juggernaut, which was like the song I was hooked on for a while. Boy's got mad skills. Got some mad skills. Before that, yeah, little known Jeff Beck stuff. The band is called Up, UPP, and it's uh, song called Down the Dirt, which was the first album they released, and Jeff Beck plays on it and produces it. And this is a live version from a series of shows uh, called Live at the BBC. This one's from 1974. The, the album actually wasn't released until 75. So when they played this song live, nobody knew about it at all. It hadn't been released yet. And uh, kicking off the set, another one of these interesting uh, kind of series of shows is Johnny Highland. The song is called In Layman's Terms, and it's live from Layman's Drugstore. It is part of a... Uh, series of concerts like basically videos that get shot live by a company called AEA ribbon microphones and preamps and so what they do is they bring them all into this particular place and they use their microphones to record live uh, a song that's live in the studio okay? okay they're not doing individual tracks they're all playing at the same time and they use their microphones so this is one Johnny Highland I played it before that boy is a that boy's got some mad skills, too. If you like that kind of chicken picking, Johnny Highland, you man. So, yeah. There she blows, baby. It is storming outside. It is. It's no, it Florida. Is, yeah. Nah, locals only, baby. Get right. your canoe. I remember a couple of years ago when it was, like, really flooding. Yeah. Had, yeah. We get some flooding. We had sure. serious shit. We're going to come back. What are we thinking about again? What are we going to... I don't know. A couple, three weeks, whatever. But we were thinking about what? Groovy Tuesdays. That's it. Groovy Tuesdays. Groovy yeah. Tuesdays, man. And don't forget, make America groovy again. That's what MAGA means. Make America groovy again. Yeah. Yeah, Dad. By the way, I would feel remiss if I didn't at least mention this. And here's the thing. This is one of those situations where I hope I don't jinx the situation. But my... Beloved, mighty Metropolitans are one game over 500 after sweeping the Marlins yesterday and doing it by hitting three solo home runs in the seventh inning, including a shot by Conforto that's probably just coming overhead right now, okay? And a home run by Pete Alonso that got out as fast as any home run I have ever seen get out of a park. It was a line drive. He basically hit a line drive. That was a home run. Freaking ridiculous. He picked his time to do it, too. Now, that ended up being a winning run. Let's go Mets. The Mets are now in the hunt, and they have done it without Jed Lowry or Jonas Cespedes playing a single game this year. Two of their highest contract guys. Oh, and Cano's out now as well. But, you know. I'm loving our kids, man. I said after the All-Star break, I said, I thought the Mets would really have a great second half of the season. Please, God, don't let me saying this be the kiss of death. <laughs> it's just, 
the superstition thing of baseball is crazy. So we're thinking yeah. about Groovy Tuesdays, all right? We're thinking about that, yes. Well, we're going to try and come back in about two weeks then. Yeah? All right. What do you think? Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. I've got, we've got tons of groove. I've got most of the sets already lined up. We've got some great groove. Great, great, great groove lined up for not just the next show. I've got the show after that. Also, I've got most of the songs that I want in that. I've got that in a, a folder ready, so I'm going to start mixing and matching, figuring out what goes with what. Yeah. But as always, man, we're out of here, right? We are. I'm going to hit the hit the road. Yeah, it came in right on three hours and change. It's good. As always, for myself and Grant's Master Flash Lost Georges, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California, well, to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. I tell you. For you and me As I went walking Down that ribbon of a highway I saw the beach Of that endless skyway Now I saw below me
You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.